with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. And all his, yes. Yes, isn't that good? That just lines up with what I was saying, the ordering the steps and so, so important that we, we spend that time in his presence because he is talking. He's sharing with you and he's encouraging you. I can still sense the presence of the Lord. It's just so strong. I mean, it's just, it's just so much, it's so much fun. It's just, I mean, it's just a blessing to be in his presence. Amen. Amen. And last Sunday, last Sunday, I was talking about the, the praise cure. Well, here I got these in my hand now, but talking about the praise cure. And that was Lily B. Yeoman's, you know, most of you, I think have heard it, but I put it to work, the praise cure, which she was talking about. Um, uh, there was back then smallpox way back. It was a, was an issue and a problem. And this, they had to quarantine people. And this lady had smallpox and, um, and so they went to get the, the guy to verify that. And, um, she, she wanted, the uh, Lily, I think Lily Beoman to come and they started praising and, and the Lord had showed this lady this picture, but you know, the weight scales or be a scale here and the scale here. A lot of times when they're measuring, they have to balance up. The Lord showed her this picture that this scale over here of pray, praying, praying was just full to overflowing. A lot of praying going on, a lot of praying going on. Over here, the scale, the scale of praise was hardly anything in it. And the Lord said, when your praise equals your prayer, the manifestation will be there. That rhymed, didn't it? That was good. <laughs> when your praise and your prayer equals, equals, the manifestation will be there. So she started praising. And she started praising and praising. She was in this hospital. And people were trying to help. Don't, don't, that's not going to do anything. Just stop, you know. She just, because she had seen and heard from the Lord. Do you know how much faith is involved? When you hear something from the Lord, you're not going to move off of that promise that the Lord gives you when you hear something from him. You're not going to move one bit because you know it was from God. And God said, and God said. And so anyway, when she had seen that picture, it was God saying to her, hey, you need to do as much praising as you've been praying. So she started praising and nobody was going to tell her to be quiet. So she started praising and praising and worshiping the Lord and worshiping the Lord. Then she was singing praises. You know, when you get into his presence, there's those songs that come. Give them voice. Give them voice. doesn't make any difference if there's words up here on the screen. If you have a song that comes to, to you or if you're in your own personal prayer time, like on Wednesday nights, you'll see that quite a bit where I'll sing my own song to the Lord. I'll just sing my own song to the Lord. It may go along with the music so it don't sound off, but you sing your own song to the Lord. Amen. And just worship, just worship, just worship. So anyway, she was singing songs. I suppose she was singing hymns that she knew and, you know, and she was singing songs and she was doing that all night long. Finally, the hospital people were starting to join in and everybody was singing and praising the Lord. And the come morning, she was still doing this. She did it all night long. Sometimes I think we have trouble just doing it 15 minutes. But all night long, all night long, she was praising. And as she did that, the Lord showed her another, or the, the, I think the, I think the healing manifested. All of the pox left her, even there was no scars, no nothing. And she was hollering and shouting and praising God. The Lord showed her the picture that the scale of praise had, was full to overflowing more than the prayer. 
you know, it was all working together. And if you want to use those script, the scripture verse there, Philippians 4, about be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication with your exact request, with thanksgiving, make your exact request known unto God. With thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, amen? So so anyway, that, that was, um, um, I had been reading and studying that this probably about a month ago now. And so I had had... Um, uh, um, when I was gone that one Sunday, I had um, on Saturday, I thought I'm going to put this praise cure thing to work. You know, you hear the word, you need to not only hear it, but you need to be a doer of the word. Isn't that right? So I thought, well, that, that seems right to me. Praise and prayer, praise and prayer, prayer and praise. Well, I'm going to do that, you know. And so I just started praising the Lord and praising the Lord. And I did that for probably about an hour, a good hour. Praising the Lord. I just praise you. And then I was singing and I was praising, praising and singing. And you know, I, I shared this last week that anointing, I could sense the presence of the Lord and the anointing comes in. You know, and in Isaiah it talks about the anointing breaks the yoke. Is the, the yoke just the yoke of fear or torment? No, it's a yoke of sickness and disease. It's a yoke of depression and anxiety. The anointing comes and breaks the yoke. So if you're going to spend time praising the Lord, you're going to get the presence and the anointing of the Lord, and it is going to break the yoke. Amen? Break the yoke. So in that hour that I was praising the Lord, I sensed, I sensed his presence. And every time I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I'm going to praise some more. I'm going to praise some more. I praised some more, and the presence came in again, and I sensed the presence. Praise the Lord. And in that, then... Um, I was able to uh, know that when I got, when I experienced that, the, there was there was freedom. I could sense that things had lifted off the the junk, whatever it was, sickness, disease, infirmity, whatever. It was just it was just clear and had lifted off. And things right at that point in time, things changed physically. Amen. Changed. Amen. So I just wanted to re- reaffirm that testimony a little bit. If you want that scripture verse in Isaiah about breaking the yoke, it's Isaiah ten twenty seven, and um, uh, and of course you know the anointing. Who's the anointing, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The Holy Spirit carries that. Yeah. Okay. So I want to. Our 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 goal is to be worshipers. We're to be worshipers. To minister to the Lord and to walk, walk worthy, walk with him and experience his presence in that, in that becoming sensitive to his voice. You know that when you spend time in the presence of the Lord, you become more and more sensitive to his voice in your life. And I, I, that excites me when I see people sharing what they heard from the Lord. That excites me because that's really important. It's important that we hear that because in the, in the presence of the Lord, there is so much that happens. There's fullness of joy. There's peace. There's direction. He'll talk to you about the direction you need to go. He'll tell you about the situations that are going on in your life, what to do about it, why it doesn't work. He'll talk to you about if you're in sin, what you need to do to change that. See, and in the presence of the Lord, see, I'm, I'm, I guess I'll use this as an example. Um, um, when you spend time in the presence of the Lord, when you spend time, well, see, I've got Play-Doh and I've got this here. Um, see, we can, we can, let's just say this is the, um, 
Well, wait just a minute. Let me, I, I think there's a verse here I want to, First Samuel, let's go to First Samuel, I'm sorry. First Samuel 10, 16. If you have your 1016, and this will help you a little bit. We'll jump into it. It talks about, um, I would encourage you to read the whole thing, but we're not going to do that today. Um, So Saul said to his uncle, he told us plainly that the donkeys had been found, but he did not tell him about the matter of the kingdom, which Samuel had mentioned. Um, Let's see. Let's see, it goes up a little bit further. Um, Samuel had gone to look for the donkeys, but he came across the prophets. There was the prophets coming, and and Samuel or uh, Simon, Samuel had told Saul what he would find on his road to looking for the donkeys, and one the last thing that he had looked for or that he had come across, would come across, was this band of prophets that were walking. Well, you know, in the Old Testament, the only ones that carry the anointing would be the priests, the kings, and the prophets. And so these prophets were coming, and basically he joined them, and so that anointing got on him, and it changed him. It changed Paul, or Saul, excuse me. It changed him, because he was spending time in the presence of the Lord, in that anointing that was on them. You know, and it made me think of that scripture verse, that bad company corrupts good morals. So if you're spending time with bad company, exactly you, the anointing that's on the bad company is going to get on you, and you're going to be acting the same way that they were acting. You understand what I'm saying? So if you spend time in the presence of the Lord or with people that are in the presence of the Lord or that carry the presence of the Lord, then that's going to get on you just like it did on uh, Saul. Anyway, so I just want to go on and use this um, spending time in his presence and you get to know you get to know God when you spend time in his presence. Okay, Um, so we can hear the word or read the word and and um, the word. It's like this, the sponge here. We can hear and we can read the word. And let's just, my hand is like the word that's pressing on us hearing the word. You see what I'm saying? And so when I release that, see, we can read the word and we can um, spend time listening to tapes or in meetings or whatever we're doing. And we can spend time doing that. But the minute we put the book down or the word, the Bible down, what happens? We forget or we go back to the same we were. But when you spend time in the presence of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, that pressure that he's putting on. I'm not saying it's a pressure, but in the presence of the Lord, it changes you. It conforms you to his image. You see what I'm saying? It changes you so that when that presence of the Lord comes off, you're still the same. You're still you're not the same. You've been changed. You've been rearranged. You understand what I'm saying? You've been changed in that. Amen? Amen? And it's, it's, it's kind of a simple little um, demonstration, but it helps. I thought it helps see that the importance of getting into the presence of the Lord. Now, I'm not saying, see, when you're in the presence of the Lord, then you, you have the word and the word, the two things mixed, and the word comes alive on the inside of you. Amen. 
Now, I'm not saying the word, reading the word is not important. I'm not saying that at all. We should be reading the word and we should be putting it in our heart. But then when we need to get into the presence of the Lord, when we're in the presence of the Lord, then we can, that word comes alive and the whole, and God can talk to you about the word and he can say, Hey, you remember that scripture verse you just read? That's what this, this, and this means. That's, that comes alive to you. Does that make sense? I'm hoping it makes sense. Anyway, anyway, um, spending time in the presence of the Lord allows the spirit of God to transform you into a new person. Oh, well, I was born again. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. The part that needs to be transformed is still the, the flesh or the soul area. Amen. So that's the part that needs to be transformed. That's why it is so important to get into the presence of the Lord and find out. He'll talk to you about where you're missing it. He'll talk to you about where you need to change. Amen. He'll talk to you about the sin in your life. He'll talk to you and tell you to straighten up. (laughs) He'll, He'll just talk to you about those things in the presence of the Lord. You know, just as we prayed out just a little bit ago when we prayed that out about our steps being ordered. Our steps are ordered because we're in the presence of the Lord and he's already talked to us. He's already told us what your steps are going to be. You may not know it right now in the natural, but when you start walking those steps out the next day or the next week or the next month, he's already prepared your heart and you will know it when that time comes to walk those steps out. Amen. I hope that's understanding. Is that understanding? Because this, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Well, our steps are in a, a right standing place. I mean, our, we're spending time and we're fellowshipping with him. We're, we're spending that time in, in, in increasing in that and in learning and growing and understanding who we are in Christ and that we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so we can step those things off because we spent time with him. Amen. Okay. So you become, so to speak in that, in that time, you become clay in the potter's hand. God is well able to mold you in the presence, in his presence. He molds you. He changes you. He rearranges you. He gives you confidence when you don't think you have any. And then when it comes time to step into that place where you need that confidence, there it is, you know, There it is. Or the anointing or whatever he's doing in your life. Amen. Okay. Um, Let's go to John 4, please. John 4, 9, we'll start there. This is talking about the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman therefore said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask me for a drink since I'm a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. She said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the wells deep where then do you get that living water? You are not greater than our father, Jacob, are you, who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle. 
Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give them shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give them shall become in him a well of water springing up into eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty, nor come all the way here to draw. He said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, you have said well. You have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. Then you have said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Verse 20, our fathers worship in this mountain, and you and you people say that in Jerusalem is a place where man ought to worship. The Samaritans worshiped <clears throat> in the mountain because they believed that's where the presence of the Lord was. Um, the Jews worshiped in the temple because they believed that's where the presence of the Lord was. And so he's talking to her in verse 21. Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem shall you worship the Father. What was he telling her? It was going to change. Worship was going to change. You worship that which you do not know. We worship that which we know for our salvation is from the Jews. Verse 23. But an hour is coming And now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit, in in spirit and truth. For such people, the father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We're supposed to worship him in spirit. We're supposed to worship him in spirit. How do we do that? Huh? We are a spirit being and he's a spirit being. So we worship him. You know, a lot of times I'm telling you, just sing out of your heart. Sing out of your spirit, man. Sing out of your inner man. Praise him from there. It's not a head thing. Worship is not a head thing. It's not, it's not a head thing. You, you worship him because you love him and he loves you. It's not a head thing. I got to think, I, I think, I think I love God today. Do I do? I think I do. It's not what worship is about. And worship is not you trying to get something from God. Worship is you telling God you love him. We, we, like I said, you know, God, God, I was so blessed when God said it doesn't make any difference. If I, if, if it's just me that's standing here worshiping, God's still going to honor that. Now, what he's going to do, I don't know. That's his business. But my job is to worship him in spirit and in truth. That's my job to do that. And that's everybody's job here. But my job is not dependent upon what Marilyn does or doesn't do. My job is not dependent upon what Rob does or doesn't do. My job is to worship the Lord. My job is to do that and love him, love him and love him. And it's his job then to take care of everything else. Right? Isn't that right? <laughs> Believe you me, there's a lot of other else to take care of. I just have to leave it with the Lord. I can pray and I can praise, but there's so many things that need to change. People need to come back to the Lord. They need to, Zach was just talking about, I haven't listened to that, Zach, but it was just talking about the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. The church is just walking in so much disobedience. Amen. 
Disobedience. We're not doing what we, God tells us to do. You know why we're not doing what God tells us to do? Because we're not in a relationship with him. We're not in fellowship with him. We're not spending time with him. So how are we going to know when revival comes? How are we going to know when God wants to show up here and his presence manifests so much so that the building is on fire? How are we going to know that if we don't, don't spend time in his presence? If we don't spend time in his presence, we're going to come in here and be as dull as a doorknob. Is that right? We're not going to know what to do. That's why God is working. It's not just this church. God is working with other churches to get them into a place of spending time with the Lord. Getting used to his presence. So that when he comes in here in all his glory and the glory cloud comes in here, we're not going to squelch the spirit by wondering, what's going on? Do you know what's going on? We're going to know what's going on, right? (laughs) That was Faithful Farmer coming out. Anyway, no, Faithful Farmer was the other guy. I was the the sidekick. Never mind. Anyway, (laughs) I mean, so we're, we're, I mean, and do you know, we can have a unity factor here and we can have like we did yesterday. We had, we had, I don't know how many ladies we had, 10 maybe, 10 ladies, but the presence of the Lord was so good. It was so good. And in the presence of the Lord, healing manifests. In the presence of the Lord is joy, the fullness of joy. In the presence of the Lord, things change in your, in your walk, in your relationships, in whatever you're dealing with, things change. That's personal level. But when we come together with our own hearts, ready to worship, ready because we spent time with him ourselves, we come together and worship to the Lord, then, oh my goodness, we can have a, a, we can have the, just like Paul and Silas, they were in unity and the whole place shook. The whole place shook because they knew the presence of the Lord. They knew that when they prayed and praised, the place was going to shake. God was going to do something. They might not have known the place was going to shake, but they knew God was going to come on the scene. See, we either know God or we don't know God. We either know he's going to come on the scene when we praise and worship him or we don't know that. The only way we're going to ever know that is if we spend time finding out who he is. We can know him about the word. I mean, by reading the word, we can know him. We can know about him. But do you really know him? You know what I'm saying? Do you really know him? Have you spent time in his presence to get to know him? See, in our relationship is not with just God the Father. It's with Jesus as Lord and the Holy Spirit. Do we spend time to get to know who they are? What they're about? We can read in the word what they're about. And we can read about God. And God says, I sent my son. He's going to do my will. But if you don't know what, what God said about his son and why his son came, you aren't going to know that healing is God's will. You can find all that out in the word by spending time in the word, but you don't get to know him on a personal level, like really know him. And as you spend time in his presence, you have to do that. You have to do that. I'm, 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 not, I'm not pulling any punches. You have to do it, especially if you're going to survive and the things that are coming. You have to do that. 
because he's the one that's got the answers. Like, like um, Melissa said, he's, he knows the path. He knows the steps that we need to take. Or maybe that was Zach. But he's got that answer. He knows what we need to do. He knows our steps for us. He knows what's coming around the bend. Amen? We don't always know those things, but we always know that there's always hope, but we always know there's a way of escape. There's always, always a way out. God always makes a way out. Always does. Now that... That may mean you have to humble yourself. That may mean you have to repent. That may, that may mean you have to surrender to his lordship. But he always has a way out of every situation. Always does. Always. Always does. He's always got the answer. He always does. He's always got the answer. I don't care what's going on in your life. He has got the answer. If you take time to spend time with him... He's always got the answer. It may mean you have, might have to do a little fasting. Ouch. You know? But what's more important? Finding out what God's got to say about something? Developing your relationship with him? Is that right? That's right. <laughs> it's, those things are very important. Amen? Amen. So we in Second Corinthians, it talks about, um, I think I pretty much got, I got off on something here. Um, I think I got through this, this lady. Anyway, we have to worship him in spirit and truth. Worship him in spirit and in truth. Truth is us walking in a right standing position, not coming to him in lying or not being um, um, in an area of sin, but walking in that truth and speaking that truth and having a right heart before him. Amen. Worship him in spirit and in truth. Um, so second Corinthians, oh, let's see. I don't know that that doesn't fit now anymore. Um, Acts three nineteen. Let's go there. Acts three nineteen. There, you know, there's so many things I've hit on a few things that, that happens, you know, in the, in the midst of spending time in his presence, you know. But there's so much that um, I've tried to cover this last little bit. Uh, we won't be going. We, we'll, we'll be starting next week. We'll be doing the discipleship classes. And there are 12. And, and Jerry had announced to be sure and bring your binders that you had way back, the white binders with the dove on the front. And that will be a good place to put. There will be... Um, a a single page syllabus worksheet type thing. And, um, and we'll teach and we'll hand that out. There'll be different ones of us doing that. Um, I have, I will do the first one. Jerry has a second one. I'm not sure. Zach, Zach may have the third one, I think. And so, so anyway, um, <clears throat> so, so that will be happening. That will be starting next week. And these are, these, um, um, outlines are ones that Richard has put together um, for us. So, so we'll be teaching on that. And, the, and I, I just want you to hear my heart on the discipleship classes. And that's not only, it's a twofold thing that I want to do. It's discipling you at the same time, but it's readying you to be able to disciple all these people that are going to come in and don't know anything about salvation. They don't know anything about being born again. They don't know anything about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They don't know the importance of reading the word, worshiping, fasting, praying. 
they don't know any of these things. So where these discipleship classes are going to give you some ammo yourself so that when you start working with some of these people, you'll know what to tell them. You'll know what to explain to them. You'll be able to help them. But it also at the same time will expand you to be able to carry more of his presence. Is that is that good to say that that way? It will expand you and, and, and strengthen you to be able to do that. Okay, so that's that's the twofold process of of that. And I, you know, and I, I was sharing with I don't, maybe it was Ruby, but I think the Lord is already talking to me about the second, the second phase of discipleship. There are there are things that, and I don't know. Maybe this is the developing of the training center. You know that I've talked about before. That's supposed to just. There's a training center, I believe, that the Lord wants to establish here, as well as there'll be the church, the training center, and whatever else he wants to do. But um, um, it could be the beginning parts of that. But I've already seen this second phase of discipleship classes, which will involve um, children. You, you, You go to counsel children, or you go to counsel families that come in. And they've got, they're dealing with situations with their children. That will be another one. They're dealing with situations, married relationships or blended families. A lot of, a lot of people don't know how to counsel people with blended families. That's why there's such an uproar in some of the families because they're blended and, and the husband doesn't know and the wife doesn't know. And it's chaos, you know? And so there's going to be those things that still need to be, um, uh, uh, developed and taught. And, and I think that will be a, another phase. It won't be the first part that we do. The first part is going to be a lot to do with the, um, n- repentance and new birth, baptism, of the Holy spirit, worship, fasting, you know, all those things that we should already probably have heard and have under our belt, but now we'll really have a good focus on them because they'll be in our um, we'll have some material we can go back to if we need to. Okay, Acts 3.19. Bet you thought he didn't remember, didn't you? Anyway, 3.19 um, talks about repent, therefore, and return, that your, your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing, times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So there is times of refreshing that comes when you spend time in the presence of the Lord. You know, there are some times that, um, you know, there's just, I'll just use this example. I'm sure there's a lot of examples. You may, you may get weighed down with finances. You may get weighed down with a, a child that maybe spends sick or disobedient. You may get weighed down with your job situation. Maybe you don't like who you work with. And all those things are weighing you down and you get into his presence. And it becomes a time of refreshing. It becomes a time of strength. It becomes a time when those things, because of prayer and praise, those things are, are, are cast away. And, the, and it's a time of refreshing because you gain strength, you gain understanding, and greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And you're well able to deal with the situation. Amen? Amen. Amen. You are not... You are not the overcome. You are the overcomer. You are victorious. You're not the one that's the victim. The devil likes to make you think, oh, now I'm on my own toes here. The devil likes to make you think you're the victim. Okay, he wants you to do that. Why does he want you to make you think you're the victim? To shut your mouth. He He wants you to think you're the victim so you won't do anything for the Lord. 
And that's when you have to rise up on the inside, rise up, yield to the inner man and shake that off and say, I am not the victim. I'm the overcomer here and I'm the victor here and greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And I'm going to do everything that God tells me to do. Amen. Amen. So 319 says, repent, therefore, and return that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So you can see that it says a couple of things that you can't <coughs> come into the presence of the Lord if you're in a place of sin. Right. So you need to repent, repent and get before the Lord. And, and if you don't know you are, I mean, there's been times in my past when I would get in worship and praise and and try to get into the presence of the Lord. And I was just, I just couldn't do it. So the Lord finally showed me where I needed to repent. I had done something wrong. So I repented for that. And I was cleansed. And I'm, immediately I could worship and get back into his presence. So it's important that you pay attention when you are doing that. Amen? Okay, so, um, so I just want to, let's see... Um, Oh, let's see. I wanted to bring to your attention a few more things that being in the presence of the Lord will do. Um, uh, let's see. Of course, we, we all know that one in, in uh, Psalms 22, 3, where, um, the, where the praise invites God's presence. You know, God inhabits our praises. So if God is inhabiting our praises, if we're praising him, there's no room for the enemy. Is that right? There's no room for his tormenting voices. There's no room for him to make you anxious. Right? Right? And so, you know, also getting into the presence of the Lord causes you to set your mind on things above. I don't know what you guys do when you come, but when I come up here to worship the Lord, my, my mind, my, I, my I'm focus is on the Lord. I can't, like Zach said, I can't see him visually unless there's a manifestation that I... I, I do, but I, I don't see him with my physical eyes, but with my spirit, man, I focus on him. I focus on him because he's a spirit. I'm a spirit. I just, I focus on him. Does everybody understand how that works? You all are, are you all able to get a picture of him and focus on him? Okay. So when we come into his presence, there is the fullness of joy and, um, where he makes known to us the things that he wants us to do. But so we spend time focused on him, setting our mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. So when you come in to worship, sometimes it may be difficult to get your mind off of food, but you have to do it. You have to focus on the things above and your focus is on, I'm here to worship God. Amen. I'm here to worship him. Set your mind on things above. Yeah, I think I said that right about um, visually, visually, sometimes the manifestation, you know, just like the cloud of glory, you, you might be able to see that. Uh, the presence of the Lord or the presence of the Holy Spirit, sometimes the Lord will walk in. Um, that one Sunday he was walking back and forth. It was not a physical thing that I saw. It was a spiritual thing, you know. So there's manifestations of all three at different times. Okay. Anyway, um, so praise invites God's presence and miracles happen. Um, Psalm 42, Psalm 42. And I'm going to read this out of the amplified, please. 
Psalm 42, 5 and 6. Why are you cast down, O my inner self? (laughs) And why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me? Hope you and God and wait expectantly for him, for I shall yet praise him, my help and my God. Oh, my God, my life is cast down upon me, and I find the burden more than I can bear. Therefore, while I earnestly remember you from the land of the Jordan River and the summits of Mount Hermon from the little mountain Mazar. And so, so basically, you focus on the Lord no matter what's going on. You, you, you set your mind on, and that's why the Lord, when he speaks to you, remember the things that he's told you or the things that he's done for you before. Focus on them and praise him and thank him for those things that he has done for you already. Focus on those things, not on, not on the things that hurt or what's going on or the pain or whatever, not, don't focus on those things. Okay. Um, Psalm 73. I've had this list before, but I, I think it's so important that we hear the things that praise will do. And then when we get in there, we, we get into praising him and we experience those things. Then we experience those things. We experience that fullness of joy. We experience him talking to us and showing us things to come. Psalm 73, um, 16 and 17. When I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight until I came into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. So the situation was troublesome to his sight, but until he came into the sanctuary to praise, that's when he perceived the end, the understanding of it. Amen? Amen. Okay, um, Psalms 150. We'll just stay in Psalms probably, I guess. Psalms 150. 152. That's the last one, in case you didn't know. (laughs) Psalms 152. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. That's exactly what our mind should be set on, on his behalf, on the excellent deeds, the things that he's done, the greatness of who he is. Amen. That's where our mind should be set, okay? Um, Let's see. Let's look at, I think, um, Psalm 68.8, and we'll kind of wind up with that one. Because this this one, when I was looking at this, and just reminded me of, um, I think that's 68.8. Earthquaked, the heavens also dropped ruin at the presence of God. Sinai itself quaked at the presence of God, the God of Israel, at the presence. And it made me think of, made me think of that in Acts 16 when Paul and Silas prayed and praised. You know how the the jail quaked, how the jail shook. You know. And so those things are still possible to us. It wasn't just because it happened back then. Those things are possible to us. Amen? Do you believe that? Do you believe that we can change the atmosphere of this area, the central region of the United States? That's where I'm at with it. That's where I'm at with it. I'm not moved by what I see at all. Not at all. And how long have I been doing this? (laughs) 30-some years. Doesn't make any difference to me. 
I'm doing, I'm being obedient to what God has told me to do. And I'm going to continue to do that until he tells me to do something different. Amen. Amen.